Hi, this is John Beatty, and you're listening to Crusader Chronicles. Read them all. Good job, John. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, Jerry. You're listening to Crusader Chronicles episode 52, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 196 and X-Men number 125 from June 1979. Welcome to the 52nd episode of Crusader Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my comic book collection, either in digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issues for this release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and having some fun along the way talking about the comics with my friends. And speaking about my friends, let's see who's here joining me. As always, we have Jared Albrecht, a.k.a. Death Thank you, Brett. Thank you. Uh, Spoiler warning. One of our episodes tonight, someone's going to get news that someone is dead. And then the other one, someone's going to get news that someone's alive. So it's a it's an up and down roller coaster tonight. <gasps> I know somebody's dead, somebody's alive. Which one is it? Who could it be now? I don't know. Who could it be? Wait, <laughs> someone's knocking at my door. <laughs> Shh! Nobody make a sound. Don't come around here no more. Wait, I think I just mixed songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I think you're dead. You ruined it. Oh man. <laughs> Stop waiting any longer. I don't know what song Jason's on. I don't know what song that is. Don't come around here no more. Oh, okay. He moved on. He moved on to song. Uh, He did. (laughs) Jason was on it. He's on the ball. Speaking about the weasel skull, let's go ahead and introduce Jason, the weasel skull. Albrecht. Hey, Pat. Thanks. Uh, It's good to see you again. Good to see you fellas. You all need to get your back down into the danger room because you suck. You all suck. You suck. I'll tell you what. Podcasting goes, man. I want my original team back. I want to... Uh, wait, you are my original team. Never mind. I guess we just suck. Uh, let's carry on. <laughs> oh, hey, nobody tells the death bro what to do. <laughs> I'll walk right out of here. I, I have a life before you and I have a life after. And I'm going to get a beer. Yeah, <laughs> You know where to find me. <laughs> Let's go ahead and bring in Delvin, the Dark Web Williams. Thanks, Pat. Welcome. And uh, you guys know I've been doing my jujitsu thing, been doing it for a while. And while I'm a blue belt, like I'm a pretty advanced level blue belt. So I'm pretty, you know, bad. And I don't think really anyone can mess with me. So, like, you know, don't even step to me like that. How do you get out? My arm. Ah, black it out. And your Aunt May is dead, too. Ooh, burn. Now, now he's a black and blue belt. 
Oh, well, here, don't want you to come over here. I'll rub some salve on that for you. Ooh. <laughs> I like salve. Oh. <laughs> Mary Jane not even here? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> oh, that's okay, Mary Jane. I got it. I got it. It's okay. I'm trying to help out Delvin out here, so later on, come Christmas time, he'll be, that I'm going to be ready to help with Christmas lights and all that. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Totally going to do that. Well, okay, well, we'll find out. I'm open. I know you're going to be there for me, Delvin. I know you're going to be there for me. Yes. Delvin's arm's going to be busy. Mary Jane's arm's going to be busy. We're going to be busy doing kind of the same thing. Mary Jane, Mary Jane. Mary Jane, yeah. easy. Easy yeah. now. Come on. Oh. Don't, be getting, don't, be, don't be talking out of school now. Come what? on. I thought you, you're you a lady. You're a lady. Come on now. I'm Mary Jane. <laughs> <laughs> right you are, Mary Jane. Right you Somehow are. that wins every argument. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have a counter. That's for sure. <laughs> but, but I'm Mary Jane. All right. Well, uh, while we ask Mary Jane to kindly leave the room, we'll go ahead and take a quick podcast promo break, and we will be right back. Three hundred thousand words. 5,000 individual entries, 453 pages, 271 stories covered, 80 original illustrations. It all adds up to one book. The James Bond Lexicon, the unofficial guide to the worlds of James Bond in movies, novels, TV, and comics by Alan J. Porter and Jillian J. Porter. Now available from White Rocket Books and via your favorite online bookstore. For more information, visit the companion website at jamesbondlexicon.online or follow us on Twitter at bondlexicon. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the first featured comic for this episode, and it's Amazing Spider-Man number one. 196. Woo! We are just four more away, or four till we hit 200. Wow. I'm looking forward to that story. The credits for this issue is provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website, and it is from Marvel. It's got a cover date from September 1979, but its on-sale date was June 12th, 1979. Cover price, 40 cents. Writer and editor was Marv Wolfman. Ow! Penciler Alan Milgram. Inker is Jim Mooney and Frank Giacoa. Colorist is Bob Sharon. This is reprinted in Essential Spider-Man Volume 9 trade paperback. Otherwise, you can read along with us on Marvel Unlimited, and we hope you do. Cover credits go to Penciler Keith Pollard and Inker Alan Milgram. And speaking about the cover, let's get a cover description from Jared. The Marvel Comics Group banner is red with black letters. Dark black. Too dark to see. And Spidey is standing in his yellow corner box, ready to put his web shooters down because he can't use them anymore. The Amazing Spider-Man logo is white with green highlights with the webs, even though he can't use them anymore. The main action doesn't really have much action. It's a somber scene as Peter Parker stands at the foot of Aunt May's grave. Apparently, he's put Aunt May in the ground. The background is filled with a red ink Spider-Man, like a cold black cloud coming down, he's clearly in the throes of agony. 
Spit a web of any size anymore. <laughs> no more wheat cakes coming down. <laughs> Feels like she made it to a hundred and four. Wow. One, 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 one hundred and four. Wow. Hey. Hey. All right, we were laughing at the death of Aunt May. It's not right. I was wondering where that was going to come back when Aunt May was knocking on the heavens. Yeah, it was a no-brainer for me when I saw this cover. I was like, it's the return of Aunt May. (laughs) So we're going to do sound effects here. All right, all right. Uh, Jason, do Aunt May. Go. Good job. (laughs) Wind rustling through the tree? (laughs) Peter Parker crying? (laughs) <laughs> I'm such a loser. It's a somber cover. <laughs> yeah, it's dark, man. It is. All right. Well, thank you, Jared, for that. Guns and Rosary kind of a description. Well, Guns and yeah. Rosary sounds like if a group of like people from the convent covered Guns and Roses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guns and Rosary. <laughs> Guns and Ro- Just a little patience. <laughs> Amen. I've been walking the street tonight. And just in case Rob Kelly's listening, we do know that Bob Dylan sang the original. Just yes, for the record. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to some quick cover thoughts, and we will start with Delvin. Not much to say. They definitely conveyed that something sad was going to go on. And if you look at the left line for Mae Parker, it looks like she was born in 1792. So she made it a good long time. And, you know, it was just time for the old bird to go. So rest in peace on me. That's all I got. So let's give it to Jason. Jason looks happy. He's ready to go. Okay. What do I like about it? And dark, somber cover. The little tree is a good effect there. The Spider-Man silhouette. Raising his fist to the sky is kind of cool. Yeah, with Peter just looking uh, defeated there. Yeah, good somber cover. I mean, technically, it's really good. It's not exactly um, a pick-me-up, but, I mean, it looks good. I'll pass it to Jared. Yeah, poignant cover. I like the red ink Spider-Man in the background doing, like, the con. Yeah, it's just um, not much else to say about it. It's, It's well done. Just kind of a bummer, Pat. Yeah, I'm definitely feeling what you guys are saying here with the kind of bummer of a cover, just making you feel like sad. And it's like, what's going on? Aunt May's dead. But I think the the highlight is the Spider-Man silhouette there in the sky, I think makes it really pop out a little bit more here. You know what? Even if you look at Spider-Man in the upper corner box here, he's even looking sad in that one too. He's like, mm, his head's all down and well, no one has a reason to be happy here, I guess. You know, I mean, Amay's dead. She died at the tender age of 156. 156. Well, that's a good age to get to. Yeah. yeah. You know, so much life left to live. Yeah. She could have been a contender sometime. 
especially after she just got done being married to Doc Ock. What happened? I wonder what happened with that. That comes later, I think. Does it? No, Did no, it, we went through. Didn't that. it come Did earlier? Yeah, they were like on they had their again. little they had a little have their flirt moment there where he was eating a bucket of chicken in her house, which was awesome. <laughs> by the way, man, but I want to just a way to get. I want to say they get married like in the eighties and like spec Spidey, but I, 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 I don't don't trust my rusty memory. All right. By the way, I picked up what you were about to put down, Jason. That was a heck of a flex. That's probably even better than killing Spider Man. It's like. <laughs> I ate fried chicken at your mama's house. <laughs> oh, is this your fried chicken I found in the oh. fridge? <laughs> I'm going to eat. I put oh. my greasy fingers on the couch. <laughs> I'm going to eat this fried chicken, and I'm never going to call her again. Our <laughs> man is a saint. Our man is a saint. You hear me? Oh, Peter, this chicken is seasoned to perfection. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking about seasoned to perfection, let's go ahead and give this cover rating. A rating, and we do that by rating it a one through five. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Jason, one through five. I'm going to give this one a three, and I feel like I'm being a little unfair with it. This one's a little different. Most of the ones I look at, there's something technically off about it that makes me bring it down. This one, there's nothing technically wrong with the art. It's just a downer. And I think it's starting to jibe with my feel for this book. It's just, I'm getting tired of the depressing stuff. I want to see some more fun Spidey. And uh, this this cover is kind of reminding me of that. So nothing technically wrong with the cover, just not hitting my, my cup of tea. So three for me. All right, Delvin. I'm going to give it a four and I'm going to give it four... Similar reasons, actually. It's building on something. Marv is, uh, as I've been giving Marv credit, he's an excellent writer and he's been building this mood for a while. And he did it for a reason. It looks like that reason is starting to be revealed, this issue. So I like the mood that it conveyed. And it definitely made you feel that Aunt May is dead. For all we know, she did. That's a reason enough for Pete to be sad. So I give it to Jared. What do you think, dude? First, I have to apologize. It was a jacked up memory of mine. He did indeed get married or nearly married in an amazing Spider-Man 131. So my bad, everybody. Uh, now, I calm down, Tim Price. I know you're getting upset. Out there, but uh, as far as the cover goes, I would give this one a four and a pretty strong four because of what Delvin just said. I had to put my self back in time originally i was like eh, it's a three then i was like now wait a minute if i pick this up off the shelf back in the 70s this would be <laughs> the death of aunt may and this would be a moment so i'm gonna give it that bump that that timeline bump the only reason i i think i poo-pooed it was like i know she's not dead i know there's more to come for aunt may Mm-hmm. Uh, I, she's going to die like at least six more times. <laughs> now, there. Let, let me ask you, is this the first time her death has been on the cover? Have we seen uh, I want to say yes, but I was also off by like three oh, decades. We, on the we had that one issue with, where she well, was on We had that one cover where she was like, wasn't she on like. Well, she's there? always in, in peril on the cover. Yeah, yeah, she was in the hospital on that one cover. Yeah. But like this, like death, death might be the first time, but I, I'm afraid to speak on these things now that I'm jacked up once already. But anyways. I like it a lot. I think it's a poignant cover, and I'm giving it that time and space bump to a four. 
All right. Well, I think I am with you guys on four island. That's just going to leave Jason all by himself on three. Yeah, I'll have to just, uh, you know, be lonely over here on Three Mile Island and uh, and contemplate what I what I did to deserve this. Yeah, we'll send you, you a bucket of chicken. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, dude. You won't leave me hanging that bad. No seasoning. Yep. Or, oh, come on now. No, come on. Friends don't get friends on seasoned chicken. <laughs> this is wrong. That's man. what he gets on Three Island. <laughs> the low scorer gets no food. <laughs> Never touch another man's French fries. <laughs> Jason and I are riffing off of a movie called Minute Work at this point. Ah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, the cover ratings out of the way. Let's go ahead and delve into this issue with a story synopsis from Delvin. See what you did there. Let's go. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. The title of this issue was Requiem. Requiem? Requiem? Damn near killed them. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just go. One of those. That's that's the title of this issue. Okay. Things unraveled in this book, and yet it looks like things weren't as they seemed. Also, Peter walked. Like, a lot. Pete was in a spiral and passed up stopping a mugging to get to the nursing home, only to see Aunt May in a coffin. Which is super weird because this isn't a funeral home, it's a nursing home. Pete's having a hard go at it, so he kind of misses this super obvious point. And while he goes walking through New York like David Carradine, he's haunted by all the people he couldn't save. Super sad. Robbie finally snaps to Jonah and straight up quits. Jonah was like, what? An unknown, really big dude enlists Bruno and Boris Corpse to bring Spidey to him. I just wanted to mention Boris Corpse again because I know that the lads like the name. Hell yes. (laughs) Back to Pete where he goes back to the nursing home and confronts Anna Watson, who also doesn't notice that they aren't at a funeral home. But this time, Doc Reinhardt triggers the Spidey sense. And after a pep talk from Robbie and more walking, Pete winds up back at his childhood home that he finds ransacked, which ticks him off which snaps him back to his senses as he remembers exactly who Reinhardt is. But as he swings back to the nursing home, he's ambushed by Bruno and Corpse, who shoot him with some knockout gas and beat the crap out of his already injured arm, bringing him back to the lair of the unknown big dude, Kingpin. Super surprise! But Spidey's hurt and has no time for this because he knows who Reinhardt really is. Who is he? Back to you, Pat. Well, before you keep going, I think we got to do the Adam Sandler bit. Robbie, you ain't leaving forever, are you, baby? Which Adam Sandler bit is <laughs> Lost that? me. That was from, that was from uh, 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 not, not, which was the hockey one? Happy Gilmore. Not leaving forever, are you, baby? Where he's talking into the, the, 
Is it the little Asian lady? Is that I mean, he, he's, he thinks he's talking to his to his girlfriend, but he's talking to the Asian lady. At the yeah. <laughs> you want breakfast? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. We're with you now. Well, it took I a minute. We, 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 we had to. We had to. We had to pull that rope on that one. <laughs> I thought for sure you guys would grab it. Right. I, I want to go back here because uh, I picked up no discernible theme in this one, Delvin. <laughs> there was no theme. Oh, okay. So you just apologize to us and the listeners at this time, please. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a- Come join me on Three Mile Island. your sins. You know what? I will. I, I but I'm I'm bringing seasoned chicken. I'm I'm stealing it from Four Mile from Four Island. I'm bringing it to Three Island. Yeah, we got yeah. all the seasoned chicken over here on Four. <laughs> I stole it. That you can eat. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. I just I couldn't think of anything. I was like, ah, it surprised me there. I like she did, and feet walked a lot. <laughs> what theme do I have here? I, I have no theme. I closed my eyes only for a moment. Now my arm is numb. I actually know where he's going. So I'm ashamed to say. Close my eyes. Only for a moment. Now my arm is numb. I, I got you now. Okay. Dusty the wind. <laughs> oh, poor May is dusty in the wind. All right, well, the same old song. Okay, sorry, Pat. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, with the synopsis out of the way, let's get to the brick or brack for this issue. And is it a first read or a reread? Jared. First read. Jason. First read. Delvin. I think this is a reread, y'all. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm just a I'm just a downer all over the place. So now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take like a like a piece of that chicken. I'm gonna go to Two Island now because no one really likes it. Jared's leaving. He's giving up. Uh, he turns. Oh, Jared, come back, dude. Come, back. son of a. Gu- Jared's left the podcast now. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. Now I'm going to lick all the seasoning off your chicken. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> this day then is, we'll throw it over at you. This day is not turning out well for me. Son of a gun. <laughs> it is a first read for me, but that doesn't matter anymore. Hmm. Sad rainbow. Sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look, it's in a book, reading rainbow, <laughs> reading rainbow. <laughs> now let's go ahead and get to some highs, lows, or what does for this issue. And we will start with Jared. Hi, low, or what the? Boris Corpse, man. I cannot get enough of this cat. I love everything about Boris Corpse. So uh, he is definitely leading off. A high for me. I just, I love Boris Corpse. What a great name. I love the way that he's uh, sort of like the Jason of villains. Got his big words and things like that. So, mm-hmm. Boris He's got Corpse. his attitude. I like it. I like his attitude. I like his moxie. I want to know, like, if he's still around in modern continuity yeah. or, like, what is he up to? I, I'm quite taken with Boris Corpse. Yeah, I mean, if Marvel's done with him, give him to us. We'll do something. With I'll write a 50 issue straight. Of Boris Corpse. We are looking for a new roommate to help out here at the LBC. So maybe oh, Boris might show up. Oh, wait a minute. D- did my check not clear? What's going on? Uh, 
It says Zorin Industries on it here. That's legit. It's legit. It's a company from the 80s, but, you know, we were big in microchips. Blimps. I, I thought Walken mm. left us a while ago. What What is he still doing here? We haven't even made a decision yet, guys. I come and go. Who keeps letting you know? him in? <laughs> We we said we were discussing walking in this episode, not walking. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah. I'm embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take my leave of you. Thank you. Bye now. <laughs> Bye, Chris. Bye. For the record, Delvin referred to it as Christopher Walken, so I feel like this is a. I just I just gave up. <laughs> I, it's it took 25 years. You wore me down. You broke him. You, you broke Delvin. <laughs> I'm too tired to fight. All right, Delvin, give us a high, low, or what the? Who the heck is Reinhardt? I'm going to pass that around. I'm I'm taking the show, Pat, for a quick second. Any theories as to who Reinhardt is? I'm going to go to Jason first. I know Jared's done some advanced reading, possibly, so I'm going to give it to Jason first. Jason, who who do you think Reinhardt is? I have no clue. You know, honestly, when I got to the end of it, I was like, did I miss something in the issue? And I... Went and read back through, and I I have no idea. He's not the same guy as the the guy that came there with the gun, is he? Mm-mm. No, two different guys. There's the Dr. Reinhardt, and then there's the dude who was the guy who killed Uncle Ben. Two different dudes. Okay. He's the guy that showed up at the nursing home. Yeah. Right? Dr. Reinhardt is the character that was there that told Pete that Aunt May had died and had her in the coffin. And then was still there and was around and triggered Pete's spider sense. And Pete was angry. He was tired. He was frustrated mm-hmm. with everything that has happened in recent events and grief stricken. So he just pretty much ignored his common senses. But once he got angry and saw his childhood home was completely obliterated, he snapped back and he said, I know who Reinhardt is. And went right back to the nursing home to find them. Jared, you got any ideas? I have plenty of ideas. Uh, I don't remember from reading these back in the day. We're still in, you know, first read territory for me. Yeah. Here's some things I know. Dr. Reinhardt, possibly a madman, possibly a genius. Either way, he's going into that black hole. Cygnus in, damn it, Jason. <laughs> damn I, was, it. I thought I was damn like, it. off of you. I thought, you were, I thought this was giving I wanted to get in, through, and beyond work in that. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Keep going. All right, shout out to all of our black hole fans, which had a villain named Dr. Reinhardt in it, by the way. But no, my theory right now would just be that maybe he's um, or the guy who's posing as the Green Goblin. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah, the Dr. Yeah, at first I was like, well, maybe Dr. Faustus, because he likes to mess with people's heads, but I was like, this guy's not in good enough shape. But then I thought, maybe that one guy who was posing as the Green Goblin, Dr. What's-His-Nuts. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to remember his name. If right Dalton now. doesn't remember, then I'm clearly wrong, but that was my only thought. I think I know who it is, because I still remember who's going to be in 200, and I think that's who this dude is, pretty sure. And if you paid any attention on my synopsis, I kind of gave a hint to it. So, anyway... Yeah, that's my taking the show from you, but also kind of a what the all in one. Looks like there's a big mystery at foot that Dr. Reinhardt is not who he seems to be. Jason, what do you got, man? One of the things I really liked about this is Robbie finally blowing up at Jonah. He's finally had enough. I have always really liked this relationship between the two of them, and I'm interested to see where it goes. 
because Jonah realizes he's gone too far. He's pushed Robbie too far and he has his normal Jonah blow up, you know, don't come back, you know, but you can tell he's going to be worse off without Robbie there. And then that really leads to that discussion with Peter, which I thought was a really good heartfelt moment uh, between Peter and Robbie. So I thought that bit of storytelling was uh, really positive, in my opinion. They did that back and forth thing that they normally do. But this time, Robbie was like, Mm-mm, I've had it. I've had I've had it with your crap, dude. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and, even, and I love it. Like where, you know, Jonah is usually loud and blustery. Jonah was like, uh, 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 oh, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> just- I mean, I think it was interesting, too, because this back and forth has been going on for a while. And I think I mentioned it in an issue or two back. I I think Jonah had a point to a degree that like, you know, like, hey, I'm still the boss. I'm still making the call here. And you don't really get to do what you want and work around me. And so I understood his point there, but he just keeps hammering on the same points. He's not giving Robbie any respect. I think Robbie realized, you know, he'd gone a little bit too far when he went out on the limb with Peter. But how many times is he going to have to keep taking that, you know, and this obsession with Spider-Man is interfering with the business of the newspaper. And it's Jonah's not an objective journalist. Robbie's right in that case. So they they both have have seeds of being right and having some frustrations with one another. But at the end of the day, I mean, these two are like a. Yeah, they're like a married couple. They got to come back together. More like a friendship married. Not like, you know, married, married. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the two of them are just so much better together and they really need one another. And I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm going to agree with you there, Jason, on uh, between the conversation between Robbie and Peter on the docks there. I think that was a very good character moment for both of them. And I think Robbie was actually working out the stuff he had to think through in his head. And uh, him talking to Peter definitely helped him solve or at least give him some more direction on where he needs to be and do. So I think all in all, this whole issue was good character beats for some of the main characters in, in here. Even I was surprised that Peter actually told Flash and Crazy Harry with the hair about what was going on, you know, and finally kind of told them, hey, my aunt just died, and, you know, hey, just leave me alone, guys. And they were like, whoa. What did Flash say? I feel like it just grounded dirt or something like that. Yeah, I mean, they are his friends. Yeah. You know? And they tried to be, too. They're like, hey, let's go to the movies with us or something. You know, hey, Pete, you know, still come with us. And I don't think he blew him off like he did before. At least I got to give a tip, Pete, for telling him now how he was actually feeling so they could actually understand Mm -hmm. where he was coming from i think again you kind of have the theme like we were talking about jameson and robbie you've you've got peter and his friendship has really been strained with that group recently Mm -hmm. and some of that's peter's own doing and so i think there's a lot of this going on and you're right i think it, it spoke a lot about the friendship that they still wanted to reach out to him and they get frustrated when they when they think he's just pushing them away again and when he says hey my aunt just died that's like a game changer for the whole thing. And to Delvin's point, I think this is probably the game changer that's going to switch up and mix up a lot of relationships. And we'll start to see a lot of character progression, or at least I hope we will, uh, in this book. Mm-hmm. 
All right, great conversation for the first round. Let's go ahead and get to second round. Jared, you got a high, low, or what the for the second mm-hmm. round? I definitely have a new theory because I'm sitting here looking at the pages and I'm like, who could stand like face to face with Peter and Peter not recognize him, but set off his spider sense. Now I'm leaning towards the chameleon, but that's just me. Uh, anyways, for my, I guess it's a low. What happened to Keith Pollard? What, once yeah. again, he, you know, yeah. we've, we've seen a lot of Keith Pollard with finishes by and finishes by. And now we've got an Al Milgram layouts with finishes by. Mooney and Giacoa, what's going on in the bullpen that they just can't seem to put out? I mean, they haven't put out consistent A-team talent since Ross Andrew left the book. It, okay, Al Milgram and Keith Paul, they are A-team guys. But you know what I'm saying? Like, um, mm-hmm. cohesive, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Uh, just I don't want to say no, they're not. I mean, I'm just going to – I mean, yep, Keith Pollard did other books or whatever, but like – you could probably name 50 artists whose art you'd rather see before Keith Pollard. And that's not diminishing the man because I've, I've given him compliments and I'm not trying to uh, put Mr. Pollard down by any means. And I will say the same thing about Al Milgram as well. Like you could be like, yeah, he's that dude who drew Deadly Foes of Spidey. Okay. Did he draw Amazing Spider-Man? Then I care because, you know, Amazing Spider-Man is the flagship book. And did he have an extended run there or something like that? But this artwork-wise is kind of beating. I, I, I'm just yeah, going to say yeah, that within the realm of Amazing Spider-Man, absolutely. Yeah, this is this is B-team Amazing Spider-Man art. We again we haven't recovered since Andrew and Esposito left, and uh, I'm not saying the art in this book is bad. It's decent. It's passable. But again, you I could tell that it was somebody doing layouts with inkers doing finishes again, and this has come up a lot lately. Does anybody know who's doing Spec Spidey at this time? Because Spec Spidey was just coming out, right? Yeah, Spec Spidey was new. I don't know Have who they, started. I can't remember. I don't know if the, you know these. Some of the guys moved over or trying to get now that they got two Spideys coming out. Yeah, when we're talking. Let me go look at Mike's Amazing World real quick while we talk. I'll get back to you. Okay, Jason, high low or what the for this round? I'm gonna steal Jared's Boris Corpse. I thought, man, this guy, this cat's got it going on. He's getting recruited by the Kingpin. I don't know what, I guess, his contract's up with Felicia Hardy, I suppose. But well, she, she's dead. So, is she? <laughs> <laughs> I suspect no. Okay, so Boris Corpse is now in the employee of Kingpin. Good for him. But he's managed to capture Spider Man on his first go. Like his first job mm-hmm. for, with the Kingpin is like, once you go out, I want you to get Spider Man. He's like, no problem. Boris Corp's on the job, man. BK. BK421, <laughs> I am at my post. <laughs> Listen, he's doing for stuff, nothing. He's doing stuff that Scorpion couldn't do. Kingpin <laughs> couldn't do. Kingpin can't do it. He's like, oh, do you want me to get Daredevil too? I've got a little time left on the clock here. Boris Corp, smart, man. So I am all in. Well, uh, come on. Kingpin gave him the tools. Kingpin just didn't want to do it himself. He, he, like, he had, was, you know what? Kingpin had probably a TV dinner, getting ready and cooking. He's how, like, "You bring them back here in my house." He had the Swanson chicken the Swanson and the roast beef. <laughs> He's got Kingpin's got all three. We we know that. We know that. Well, I mean, Kingpin has made plenty of supervillains and like equipped them and all, but none of them have had this level of success as yeah. Boris Corps. Right? Like, there's been like a sinister one, two, three, four, five, six, and they can't beat Spider-Man. Boris <laughs> Corps out there in his first go. He's like, I bagged you a Spider-Man. Here you go. That's, man, I'm hiring Boris Corpse. I'm just saying. 
I hire. I, I can hire for Department of Ecology. I'm hiring Boris Corpse. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to contact Marvel and see if they are doing anything with his character. And if not, may I please have him? <laughs> <laughs> He's a kind of cool, uh, kind of interesting character that we don't know much about of, but. Like My man has no up. costume. My man has no costume. Mm-mm. My man just walks around with his trench coat thingy and bowl like, cut thingy. And he's just a dude punching a clock, nine to five, getting S done. GSD, so, son. That's it's like he a, he's almost like got a fisherman's cap on, like yeah. black or maybe an early version of a Kango. I'm not sure. But either way, baller ass dude. <laughs> Welcome to so, episode six of the Corpse Cast. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, <laughs> while y'all are corpse loving over here, I went to uh, Mike's Amazing World and okay, found out that. Just a sin from the dark web. Breaking news now. Jason, you got one? <laughs> now, the main penciler at the time for September of 1979, Respect Spidey. Uh, I was on issue 34, I think it was, was Jim Mooney. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, then Jim Mooney came over here and did some finishes with Al Milgram. So looks like they were covering down for Mr. Pollard. Maybe Mr. Pollard was on the outs, but I mean, they went out of their way to say, yep, we got this brand new pincer coming, replacing Ross Andrew, and it's going to be this guy. And this guy ain't really been around that much. Yeah, like how many fully penciled issues has he done since he came on? I, I want to say it's no more than three. And that he's done also the cover and the uh, layouts in the book. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Don't know. I will say in defense of the artistic team on here, there are some pretty good looking panels. I think the last panel with the kingpin looks good. I really enjoyed that panel when he goes into his house and he sees the destruction and the way that that's laid out. And you really, you really get the feeling of surprise and anguish and anger. He just like rips that, like he doesn't take his Peter Parker outfit off to change his mind. He like just shreds it. Like somebody is getting jacked up. I don't know who Reinhardt is, but it's going to be a hospital job if Peter gets a hold of him. Very good panel of the flashback of the people he's quote-unquote failed. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty panel, too. Although I did kind of laugh because it was like Gwen Stacy, Captain Stacy, Aunt May, Uncle Ben, the girl he met last issue. <laughs> like, what? Wait, how did Black Cat get in there? <laughs> you know Wolfman was going to be like, the, the character I wrote. Very important. I wrote it. The ghost is judging out, judging out, Glenn. I need the royalty, son. <laughs> he was kind of playing it off, though, of everybody kind of slipping through his hand, and now he's got that hurt hand. And it takes time to. I'm not getting the lyrics right. Don't want to get the lyrics right. Well, he's half the man he used to be. <laughs> I, I, I just was unprepared. I'm like, Stone Tip of what? Yep. Yeah, I came on board late too. Jared's hip with that. He's telling it. Yeah. Love Stone Tip of Pies. Probably yeah. the biggest fan on the show. Jared's a creep. It's Radiohead. No. It's also Stone Tip of Pilots. 
Oh, so you got you now. I don't believe Biggest it. fan. <laughs> Is it the same song? No. no it's a different song. No. different. Okay, I didn't know if they covered it. Two different it songs. All right. Good song, though. Both, both are good songs. Welcome to Alt Rock Podcast, yep. <laughs> episode nine. <laughs> Welcome to 120 Minutes. I'm your guest, Matt Penfield. Oh, that's a good Matt Penfield. That's a good Matt Penfield. I used to rock that impression back in the day, boy. <laughs> I haven't heard you drop that one since college. It's excellent. Flood of memories. Oh, that was good. That was good. All right. Well, does anybody have anything else on this issue? It is worth mentioning, at least this time, because remember when they were doing that build up with Lynn Wayne and Ralph Ross Andrew and like, ooh, it's a big man. It's going to be Kingpin. It's going to be Kingpin. Dr. Faustus? What? Yeah, <laughs> he's, not, he's not a Spidey villain. You, you are a bad Kingpin. And this time, like this, this big man's been man. lurking. Yeah, big man lurking in the shadows and it's the Kingpin. It's like, oh, well, what's up, Jared? Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to try to help the listeners who may not have been with us. As long last time we saw him, he supposedly drowned in the river, correct? Kingpin? Kingpin? Yeah. Then wasn't there a big battle at the pier yeah. with his son, yeah. and Kingpin ended up going yeah. in the drink, and we never saw him again? That's yeah. what I'm thinking. I think we've seen Kingpin kind of twice. One was the fake Kingpin, right? That was when yep. we first started. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was like 150. Yeah. Sweet. And then we had, a, we had the one member. Remember one because it had a big, <laughs> the cover had a big Kingpin purple. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. yep, yep. <laughs> I think they fought at the docks, and I think he went in the drink, and I don't think we've seen him since. Yeah, so I, I think, think you're that. right. I think yeah. you're right. So he's all soaking wet and waiting to get at that Spider-Man. <laughs> he's been brined. Mm-hmm. He's ready to be baked. <laughs> it's going to be delicious. <laughs> I got a question. What do you have to give Aunt May to make her pass out like that? And Peter not, you know, is that Aunt May actually in the coffin? We don't know. We Did don't they, know. Like, like, her, I mean, put her out or what, you know? We are assuming that she's dead. They haven't given us any hint that she isn't dead, other than the doc said that in order to get Uncle Ben's murderer, I can't remember he's got a name yet, in order to get him off of his back, they came up with the idea of faking her death. But right now, for all we know, she's dead. Yeah, I don't. Maybe it's a mannequin. Like a Madame Tussauds wax job or something. Mm-hmm, could be. I just wonder. When I saw that, I'm like, man, she looks pretty kind of dead there. But I mean, you know, like, <laughs> well, mission accomplished by the bad guy. Then <laughs> I just mean, come on, Pete. You didn't even go up until you know. I can see Pat like poking the panel. Like, <laughs> Am I duped? Is she duped? Trying to dupe me here? Come on, what's going on? I think they're trying to dupe us, Pat. I think they're trying to dupe us. Well, I guess we will find out when we get to the next issue next time around. But why don't we go ahead and get into our silly Spidey moments for this issue. And I think this one might be a little tough one for everybody. So let's find out. Jason, what is your silly Spidey moment for this issue? This is a hard one to pick a silly Spidey moment. I guess it's got to be Flash Thompson when he says that he feels like uh, dried mud or or something, to something that like that, some yeah. dirt or whatever that was. Yeah, yeah, ground dirt. I think ground dirt. Ground like, what dirt. What was that? 
Yeah. There's not much really to chuckle at in this book, so I'm grasping at straws, but Flash Thompson's little witty sayings always kind of bring a smile to my face, so I'll go with that one. Delvin? So I agree with Jason that there's not much to go by here, so since I have the original book, I'm going to go with an ad. And there is an ad for the Daisy 840 Action Power Accuracy Shoots BBs and Pellets. And Johnny Unitas is advertising it? Why? Why not? <laughs> I'm, I'm a football player, so naturally I'm going to be selling BBs. He's a straight shooter. Sure. Yeah. Right? I mean, then again, you know, it's better than O.J. Simpson, right? <laughs> <laughs> what was O.J. Simpson and Pete Rose in the same ad? <laughs> right. That was just yikes and yikes. This was just more like weird. Yeah, I'll leave Pete Rose alone. He never never killed nobody. (laughs) Charlie Hustle never killed nobody. That's all I got, Pat. All right. I see you took a detour there, but we'll give it to you. Jared, do you have a silly Spidey moment? I do. Um, Even though, again, this book isn't. This one was hard. It was hard. Yeah, but you know what? Definitely a, just a whole different vibe from there was a couple yeah. issues ago where I gave a book like a two because it was just so angry. Yep. This one's not so angry. I mean, it's not a sunshine book, but it's not so angry. It's just kind of sad. So I guess that's a different vibe for me. But anyway, my silly Spidey goes to surprise, surprise, Boris Maurice Feldman corpse. <laughs> oh, I think it's, is it the same one I got? Excellent, Bruno. You are every yes. inch the savage Neanderthal I knew you'd be. Yes, I laughed at that one. That was mine. That was mine, too. So, once again, Boris Maurice Feldman Corpse. Superstar. I, I, I hope they change the title of the book to Boris Corpse and the Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> I, will, I will also give Corpse the advantage because it, it was semi-funny and I used it as a bit where Bruno was tr- trying to beat up on Spidey like a regular dude. It's like, Dude, his arms hurt. Target his arm. And sure enough, he started hitting and Spidey was like, ah! <laughs> Boris Corpse, man! Yeah, Captain Obvious there. Yeah, and, he, and made Spider-Man black out. Spider-Man's a powerful dude. It made him just straight black out from the pain of his no shoulder. Costume, so that was smart. No gimmick. <laughs> just no Boris weapons, Corpse. just Boris Corpse. Maurice Feldman Corpse. <laughs> <laughs> Dang right. The That's picked up what you are putting down there. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah, that was the same one, too. When I got to that part and he said, I'm like, man, this guy has got the lines here. All right. Well, a silly Spidey moment out of the way. Let's go ahead and rate this issue. And it's a one through five for this issue. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really (laughs) liked it. Three, just liked it. Two, didn't like it. One, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Chafing. I hate it when you like go scratch forward and then you go back and it's just, ugh. man, I can't have my tummy feathers ruffled like that. Mm-mm. It's got to be like one way, you know? Uh-huh. If you're going to rub it, rub it one way. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> All right, whoa, 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 whoa. Pat's a genie in a bottle, baby. You know, <laughs> yeah. Just like, uh, what's the name? You rub me the right way. <laughs> Johnny Gill. Johnny Gill, that's who we up, yeah. I went like Christina Aguilera. Oh, I, I knew that one too. Yeah. <laughs> There is a price to pay. Finish it, Delvin. Gotta rub me the right way. <laughs> All right, Dylan. One through five. I forgot that. <laughs> I forgot I didn't read it. <laughs> We've all gotten lost at some point tonight. I don't judge you. 
Singing genie in a freaking bottle. Okay. Oh, man. My heart was saying no, but my mind was saying let's go. I was like, anyway, um, I'm, I'm at a four. It was some stuff started unraveling. And I like that Marv used the buildup of Pete being so grief stricken over Aunt May and his failures that apparently he missed something that was as obvious as the nose on his face. And we don't even know what it is yet. He does. We don't. And so I'm interested in seeing what that mystery is. And then he's got a big mountain of a man and a classic foe standing in his way of going and possibly stopping the bad guy, Reinhardt, and maybe saving Aunt May, who and may or may not one. be. And he's down what? to one good arm, too. And he's down to yeah. one good arm. So... He's got some challenges ahead of him. It's some interesting buildup going on, and I'm digging it. So I'm at a four. Jason. I'm kind of comfy here on Three Mile Island. I think I'm going to stay here for a minute. I liked it. I'm with Delvin. I'm liking the direction that it's going. I'm interested. I suspect there might be a four ahead for me in the next issue or two. But for right now, I'm going to stay here on three. Okay, kind of cautious. Jared? I'm going to go with the four again. I, I liked it. I like where it's going. I like the mystery. Who is Reinhardt? You know, I'm a sucker for those mysteries. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, good showing by my boy Boris Corpse. I don't know if I mentioned him on this episode or not, but solid four. Once or twice, Jared. All right. Once or twice. Well, I am going to give it a five because I really like this one. Whoa. Yeah. Easy, Tiger. <laughs> That's how I hey, You know what? You know what, Pat? I, I was flirting with a five. I, I was a main reasons i didn't was we just i need a consistent art team i could see that but to me when i was reading i was more into the story on this one it was all about the story story. for me yeah Yeah. no problem the character moments that we're building in here for this one i'm all giving it a five just on the story alone there were some great splash pages in here as well a a few of the layouts that we mentioned earlier i thought were really good that helped bring that surprise of the story in but this one definitely had me on the story so i'm giving it a five I was four and a half, but, you know, we don't do halfsies, so I, I bumped it to a five. I want to know what's Reinhardt. Is Aunt May really dead? How did they get Aunt May to, you know, did they drug her or something and just, you know, put her in the coffin? and Respect, man. I, like, it's grabbing you. I, I, like I said, I can see it. I can see it heading in a positive direction. Mm-hmm. Just not there yet for me. But uh, if it's grabbing you, then by all yeah. means. I really liked how they brought in, in the beginning, where they got Boris and Bruno and they kind of tease you with, but we'll get to, with with who's at the end, but we'll get to that later at the end. So I'm like, okay, let's find out. And I never jumped ahead to figure out, you know, to the back page to see what it was. Just reading along. So they had me, they had me on this one. All right. Well, with the ratings and all that out of the way, that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or a question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. And we will be right back. Hey everyone, my name is Michael Bailey, and I like Superman. Like, a lot. Like, he's my favorite character. I like him so much that I have podcasted about the Man of Steel more than any other character. Back in 2017, I started a show called It All Comes Back to Superman to serve as the monthly reaffirmation of my Kryptonian faith. 
Well, the monthly thing hasn't worked out, but I'm hoping to change that in 2020. This year, there will be at least one episode a month of the show, and most of those will be part of a series I'm calling Superman is for Everybody. Superman is for Everybody springs from my desire to talk to people that have channeled their love and affection for the character into other avenues, like cosplay, or podcasting, or academia. New episodes will drop in the first or second week of the month, with special episodes popping up at random, because that's how I roll, apparently. It all comes back to Superman as part of the Fortress of Bailey-Tube podcasting network, which can be found at www.fortressofbailey2.com. The show is available through Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, and it's even on Spotify. It all comes back to Superman. Because really, it does. Give me a few minutes and I'll make the connection. Why are you walking away? I'm not done talking to you yet. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the second featured comic for this episode, which is determined by our Crusader Club members. Club members get to vote on this segment using the online poll only available on the Longbox Crusade page at patreon.com. As always, we want to thank our Crusader Club members for voting to help determine the programming for this show. If you want to get in on the voting and all the other amazing benefits of being a Crusader Club member, just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. You can join in for as little as $1 a month and help determine which each episode's second feature will be. For this episode, the Crusader Club members, and with some help from the Twitter friends, selected X-Men number 125. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Publisher was Marvel. The cover date is September 1979 but its on-sale date was June 1979. Cover price was just 40 cents. Editor was Roger Stern. Writer is Chris S. Claremont. Penciler, John L. Byrne. Anchor, Terry Austin. Letterer is Tom Orzakowski. And we are graced with the color my bad colorist, Glennis Yeah! Best thing that's happened this entire episode. You can read along with us in reprints in Classic X-Men number 31, Essential X-Men Volume 2, Trade Paperback, or on the Marvel Masterworks Volume 37 of Uncanny X-Men. Also, you can find it in the Uncanny X-Men Omnibus Volume 1 and over on Marvel Unlimited. And we hope you do read along with us. It just makes it fun, and we want you to comment on it as well. Let's go ahead and get to the cover. Cover credits go to penciler Dave Cockrum and inker Terry Austin. And speaking about that Cockrum cover, let's get some rock-hard cover description from Jared. Get that rock-hard Cockrum appreciation. All right. The Marvel Comics group banner is orange with black letters. The floating heads of Wolverine, Colossus, Storm, Banshee, Cyclops, and Nightcrawler are in the purple box. Just headshots, so I can't tell if they're wearing Wranglers. The Uncanny X-Men logo is white with red highlights. The main action is red-silhouetted Jean Grey bursting with yellow raptor-shaped fire energy, which divides the cover into two vignettes. And since she's silhouette only, I can't tell if she's wearing her favorite Benettons or not. The first is titled The Perils of the Danger Room, where Colossus and Storm are apparently trying to survive said danger room. Neither of them have Levi's on, but they might change into them after the battle. 
The second is titled The Mystery of Muir Island, where Havoc and one of the dudes from the old Centurions cartoon and Marsha Brady are being terrorized by the Jared. ghost of Hammerhead? Jared. Hmm. It, it, J- Jamie Madrox mm-hmm. and Polaris Lorna Dane. Right. Okay, I was unclear. Anyway, the only one wearing standard pants is Lorna Dane. Dane? Lorna Dane. Okay. okay. So the only one wearing standard pants is Lorna Dane, but I don't think they're denim. The final cover blurbs promise the dramatic return of Phoenix. All this and much more. We guarantee it. Ultimately, I can't report conclusively on anyone wearing jeans because when it comes to jeans, that's a gray area. I would like to take a good guess on what jeans she's wearing. I did all that. All of that for a jeans. Yeah, I, I get it. I'm going to call shenanigans on you, you not knowing the multiple man, though, because for my birthday one year, you gave me six multiple man action figures. That was pretty awesome. He wasn't in this outfit. <laughs> no, he was in a different outfit. It was a little bit different of an outfit. It was funny because I went and I found like all these X-Men figures on clearance. They're like, I don't know, maybe 50 cents a figure, you know, new in package. But they were all multiple man. And I was like. Well, why the hell not? <laughs> you know, why would you not buy all the multiple man figures? <laughs> so I, I bought them all. Gave to Jason for his birthday. So I have all my multiple man figures. It's like stormtroopers, yep. man. <laughs> Could those do those uh, multiple men fit in the Sky Striker? You could probably fit one in the Sky Striker, I think. But I have Ace in my Sky Striker right now. Let's you know, mm-hmm. got to keep it proper. I think we've wandered too far afield from the appreciation for the jeans gray area. No, we we were trying to we were trying to save your. Uh, well, I think what happened is maybe you guys didn't get it because you no, know, I got it. Did you not get what I said? Oh, <laughs> well, you yeah, you said the guess. You know, I got the guess jeans. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. But I was going for a jeans gray, jean gray. Mm-hmm. We got it. Because yeah. we got it, Jared. Just just know that no one's getting in between me and my Jordash jeans. <laughs> Uh, what's great about that is the entire time I was writing it, I was like, I'm going to build to the stupidest joke for the time. Yeah, yeah, you wrangled it up all right. <laughs> so uh, we'll just leave that right there and oh. move on. All right. Well, with that cover description out of the way, let's go ahead and get do some quick cover thoughts. Because like and a gray area means you're unsure and it's... We got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like a phoenix, this joke is trying to rise from the yeah. ashes. I see Jared's name is on the list to ask first, so why don't I go ahead and go, Jason, what's your cover what? thoughts on this? I feel like this is a little bit of a cheat cover a bit as I look at it. I haven't said that. It's a really good one. I like the Colossus pose down there uh, in the danger room, the little vignettes there. And, you know, it looks like we kind of did the minimalist approach there with the Jean Grey Phoenix that's kind of predominantly on the cover. So it looks like it was hurried a bit, but still, the way that it's laid out and designed makes it look pretty cool. So I think that'll sum it up nicely for me, and I'll pass it to Jared. Don't worry, I won't try to sell you on that joke again. All right, so what I like about the cover is the striking Phoenix fiery bird, you know, boldly proclaiming the return of Phoenix. You know, that that's cool. That's good stuff. Uh, like Jason said, you know, kind of a corner cut with the silhouette. And I like what her measurements are clearly 34, 11, 47. <laughs> <Those> are <Yeah. laughs> 
Yeah, she's, she's not on that thigh, Master. Woo, so watch out Only if she's 5'3". <laughs> well played. Well, I was going to say that, and I was like, nah. And then Pat said it and got laughs. So now I regret not saying it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's... It's memorable because of that striking return of Phoenix, but like artistically, it's middle of the road. So I'll be interested to see how the scoring falls out. And I'm interested to see what Delvin has to say as he enters into the jeans gray. You know what? Just pass it up. Yeah, Jared, you should you should button it. Definitely. Oh, zip it. <laughs> zip it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to crack any more jokes like that. I'm too fly for that. Oh, oh. Okay, you I'm ready. You're that one in your back pocket. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Something, something, little pocket in the front that I can't think of a pun for. All right. <laughs> what do you put in that pocket? Why do you even have that? Nothing important, that's for sure. All right. I kind of like it. I mean, it is kind of a cop-out cover, but the Phoenix emblem and that striking yellow with uh, Jean Grey in the middle, you know, kind of in that quantum leap pose almost, it's cool. And it makes it striking to at least pay attention to. So that saved what could have been kind of an ordinary cover. I'm surprised with John Byrne being the professional artist that he is and as quick as he is that they still have Cockrum even still doing the covers because he hasn't penciled the book in quite some time. So I'm interested to know why Byrne didn't do the cover art. Or maybe I know Cockrum left under some kind of weird circumstances that Cockrum's like, well, I'm going to at least do the covers. And like, can, can, can we be cool with that? And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. I, yeah, I'd be interested in knowing that story. I, I think that it was that Cockrum was having trouble making the deadlines. Because remember, Cockrum was good to go when they were bi-monthly. But when they went monthly is when it shook up. And I suspect you're right. I think they were like, hey, I can't keep with this pace. John's going to do it, but why don't you stick with covers and, you know, kind of happy medium. I think you're on to something. And it seems like that arrangement is working better than whatever the heck was going on over at Spidey at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I'm going to agree with you, Delvin, on this one. This with the Phoenix in the middle and the Phoenix fiery bird kind of just shooting out like there. This is an eye-catching cover just on that symbol there alone, I think. And with the colors of them how they kind of play off of each other on this. I really like it a lot. The two side vignettes, eh, it's all right. And you get a lot of word blurbs here as well, too, to kind of draw you in to see what's really going on with this comic. I want to read it. What's happening? All right. Well, with our cover thoughts out of the way, let's go ahead and get into some cover ratings. And just as a reminder, it's a one through five. Five as you loved it. It gave you a ring to swing from. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It turned you into a little Magneto baby. <laughs> Delvin, one through five. Three. Joe November something something. It's tilting at four, but um, didn't, it didn't convince me as much as the Spidey cover did because it didn't quite set the mood, even though the mm. feature character in the book was Phoenix. So there's a reason that they spotlight her on the cover, but it wasn't enough to really sway me to that. I think there's could be some better X covers. What do you think, Jason? I'm with you. I think I would be a huge hypocrite if I gave this one a four after giving that Spider-Man one a three. 
Although I will say, um, Jared mentioned it with the Spider-Man cover. You know, you see the death of Aunt May and you want to grab it. Kind of the same feeling for me as an X-Men fan. You see that Phoenix symbol, you know, okay, something heavy is going to happen in this book and you want to pick it up. So from a marketing standpoint, it's really good. Just not, uh, you know, not Cochran's best work. A lot of shortcuts taken. So I'm going to land on a three as well. What do you think, Pat? I'm going with a four. I really like this cover. And like I said before, it is because of the Phoenix that's on it. I think that draws my eye in on it and makes me want to, like you said, grab it and open it up and start reading it. Jared? I'm going to give it a 501. Another jeans. <laughs> oh. That's a little that's a little tight, Jared. That's a little tight. <laughs> Jokes are acid washed. <laughs> it's like it was five oh ones like skinny jeans before there was skinny jeans. Yes. I had I, but they came out with I think five sixties and I were I was like Homer Simpson when he tried on the circus fence, like, these are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I got big thighs, Pat. Sorry, like, Jared. I was like my lucky jeans. Uh, true story. <laughs> Since we're speaking about jeans, would you believe it or not? I used to work at the Buckle. I don't know what that is. Really? Don't know buckle what the Buckle was? was? I don't know. Buckle was like the kind of fancy upscale, like well, yes. 90s, 2000s. Explain why I like, wouldn't know what it is. Is <laughs> <laughs> that jeans and clothing store? Yeah. I, I knew Buckle. I like yeah, Buckle. Buckle brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lucky jeans. All right. There you go. All right. Bird. Just a little, little, little more. Well, what did you do at the buckle? Did you Pat. work at the register or you stock or what did you do? I sold. Okay. Yeah. So I would, oh, this looks really good on you. So yeah, if you look at me and go, man, Pat, you are a really styling kind of guy. Yeah. It's front of the buckle. One question <laughs> though. Did did you wear your Hanson t-shirt while you were at buckle? No. Oh no! Yeah, that, was before, that was before. That was before Hanson was around. So I'm sorry, I couldn't. Oh, that's my Night Ranger tee. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, back to you, Jerry. Okay. <laughs> well, the good news is, Pat, is I feel like you and I are going to be two cool guys. <laughs> the the non Big X Men guys are going to give this one the fours. Just again, you know, maybe it's because we don't know a lot about X Men, but we know the Phoenix is a big deal. And this is a big deal Phoenix cover. So I'm going to give it a four. Plus, I really like that giant of Colossus. Just doing colossus muscle things. That's always so, cool. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm feeling generous. I'm going to give it a four. All right. So we but, think we got but, a split here, right? Yeah. I kind of failed us twice tonight. I never did. Well, we didn't do the, the sound effects for the Spidey cover because it just didn't feel appropriate. I failed us and I didn't prep any sound effects for this one. But here's what I want to do. I want to get everybody's Phoenix call. And then, Pat, what I need you to do in editing is to overlay all four of us to get the perfect Phoenix call. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yep. Boom, boom, yep. boom, boom. So prepare your Phoenix calls, gentlemen. I am Phoenix. <laughs> nice. That's on the overlay. That's going to sound sweet. <laughs> yes. oh. Maybe I can have just Jason scream that in the beginning. And then yeah. Go. And then yeah, and the overlay More of us all together. It's going to sound wonderful. <laughs> Back to you, Pat. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to the synopsis for this issue. And it is brought to you by Jason. Cyclops, Storm, Banshee, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Colossus, Children of the Atom, Students of Charles Xavier, Mutants, feared and hated by the world they have sworn to protect. These are the strangest heroes of all. These are the X-Men. Stanley presents the Uncanny X-Men. 
Hello? Scott, it's me, Hank, I'm still alive! Psych, you got the X-Men voicemail, and they say I have no sense of humor. Son of a... If you're looking for me, Storm, Nightcrawler, Colossus, or Wolverine, we're training in the Danger Room. We're going to be in there for some time because they suck. Seems harsh. If you're looking for my brother, Havoc, he's hanging out with his squeeze, Polaris, on Moor Island. Try saying that three times fast. That is a tongue twister. If you're looking for Magneto, Professor X, they are both off-planet. Prof is proving that there are literally no limits a man won't go to for some sexy time, and Magneto doesn't know we know, but we know he's orbiting the Earth on an asteroid and licking his wounds from that whooping we gave him in the Savage Land. That was a righteous whooping. And Gene and Beast are dead, so that's that. No, wait, we're, we're alive. We survived. If you're calling about that sweet deal on science equipment and textbooks I put on Craigslist, leave your name and number after the... Don't you dare, you mother... All right, Jason, thank you for answering the call for that awesome <laughs> synopsis. Oh, Ooh, nicely done. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, maybe well. call me. Call me lately. Call me Lee. <laughs> do 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 if you'd like to make a joke, please get with Pat and try again. <laughs> Here's my number. Call me, maybe? Call me, maybe? All right. Well, speaking about handing out some numbers, let's get to the bricker brack and find out, is this a first read or a reread? Delvin. First read for me, Pat. First read for me, Jason. Ah, uh, it's a reread for me. Sorry, fellas. Jared. Inconsequential first read. Hmm. Man. I'm just going to be here on Three Mile Island all night oh, long, yeah. aren't I? No mm. <laughs> season chicken. Mm, cold. Starting to rain. Ugh, I can't believe it. All right. Well, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and get to some high lows or what does for this issue. And we will start with Jason. I think overall, I guess the thing that I'll pick is a high. I'll start it out with. I'm interested in the Moir Island story. It's interesting to see... Jean and them testing her powers. We're starting to learn a little bit more of her abilities. We're starting to get a little bit more concerned with just how powerful she is. And we're getting more concerned with how reckless isn't the right word, but how comfortable with that power she's starting to feel. And that's making the team nervous. It's making us nervous. And I like how they're beginning to layer that piece of the story. I'll pass it to Delvin. Well, we can also add that not only is she becoming more powerful, but she doesn't even realize that she's being manipulated. Good yes. point. Yes. And that looks like it's going to have some pretty dark consequences. And they only mentioned the name Jason Wingard. I'm pretty sure I know who Jason Wingard is, but the readers might not. So that's a mystery as to who has been manipulating Jean Grey behind the scenes to kind of unlock the, let's just say, dark side of Jean. It's interesting. It is very interesting. That's only one of the mysteries that's afoot. We're going to go to an unusually chipper Jared now about his comments. I finished this issue. <laughs> Whoa. Hello. That's no, at no, least sorry. a three. <laughs> so, so, sorry. Maybe, sorry. Maybe that's I what I got to redo that. I got, sorry. I got to get this redo. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow of the LBC now. I think this is uh, maybe we might have to f change first read or reread to 
read it or didn't read it? Didn't finish it. <laughs> Did you read? No, Did you read fair, or not read? I, it's been a long time since I didn't finish one of these. We are referencing the recent Longbox Crusade episode we did for the Marvel Marching Society. That one I did not finish. That was a Claremont one, but that's way down the line. Anyways, okay, so I'm going to take us once again through a low to high roller coaster in my round one. My low came on content page 13. Jean Grey has sprung into action and she turns a corner into a... A world gone decidedly mad. What has happened to me? I'm in this Victorian clothing. And I was like, we are about to have a gosh damn mind fight. And I was like, ah, Claremont. You know how I feel about that. But we didn't. We did not have a mind fight. And to echo Delvin, there was a lot of cool threads going on. You know, what's going on with her power? She's getting a little power hungry. There's some manipulation going on. And dodging that mind fight bullet, those are all big highs for me in round one, Pat. I want to add something. There's some manipulation going on. Have we read any books in the past where Jean Grey was manipulated by somebody in the background? In yes, we have. Huh. At Go the figure. carnival. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Comic reflections. <laughs> Fancy that. Fancy that. Hmm. There's a lot of manipulation going on because even with Mora, I think she's manipulating and obviously has been for a while on what she knows about Jean and her powers. Both her and Professor have been not so upfront with her on it as well. I agree, Pat. To be fair, <laughs> how do you say to somebody, You're, you could be a complete like world-ending threat yeah. if your powers ever go out of control? Like You might want to groom someone into that. I, I gotta mm-hmm. give him a little bit of credit on that, you know, a little bit. But, but couldn't he control her enough? Part to... of the part of the problem is, as we'll discover along the way, is he tried to. Uh-huh. And to Delvin's point, they're gonna wish they had told they her, "You are a world-ending power, and you have to know this and be able to control it." And instead, they try to kind circumvent that, mm-hmm. and that does not work out so well. Mm. Yeah. The other thing that I liked was the artwork in here. Super great artwork in this issue, helping to tell the story. Lots of great pictures of Jean and the transformations that she's going through. I thought how he kind of spit it that she can change her clothing from just thinking about what she wants and it just changes. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. I mean, I would like that. You imagine the jeans she would be with her? All the different different jeans, but yeah. yeah. Gray. Like they said, though, man, world-ending threat. She can basically change reality. Yes. <laughs> that is crazy powerful. Pat, you and I saw the Dark Phoenix movie. We talked yes, about we it did. on Pazicast. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. That I get. I know it's not my turn, but no, I, go ahead. I get now like why the Phoenix Saga is landmark and next one. Because all this time we've been reading, I've been like, I don't, I don't really get it. But now I'm like, oh, oh, she could. She, she could, could destroy do everything if she wanted mm-hmm. to. If she had a bad day or lost control, everything. And then keep in mind that Jean Grey, we read about, she very bravely took on the piloting role in that space mission to get the X-Men back to Earth. Like before then, Jean Grey was timid. She was <laughs> kind of unsure of her powers. She was a telekinetic and she was a telepath. 
to a weak degree and, you know, almost damsel-like. And then she came back as Phoenix and she is not a damsel and she is immensely powerful. And all of her friends have noticed this. This has been a change that has been years in the making. Pat, play that Phoenix audio clip. I am Phoenix! All right, well, let's go ahead and get to round two of high lows or what does, and we will go back to Jason. Okay, here's a what the. It's been a while since we've gotten to read the story, so we've had a break of a few issues. And I was literally surprised that the X-Men still don't know that Gene and Beast are alive and vice versa. And I was just like, how did we survive without cell phones? Really? Like, you know. (laughs) <laughs> well, they got a super, yeah, and they got a supercomputer that they're just, well, why don't we just go down in the basement and play some games? Right. <laughs> why don't we put on Cerebro and, oh, crap, you know, Beast is still alive. Huh, who knew? You know. You know. <laughs> this is going to be almost a slam on the X-Men and Chris Claremont, but you're right. We haven't touched this book in maybe three months or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we didn't miss anything. <laughs> Well, like, we missed some stuff. We missed some good cool like stuff, nothing but... of consequence because every storyline I cared about that we dropped came back. It's still going. Yeah, it's still <laughs> so going. I'm like, I'm not even sad we missed those other books because I don't feel like I missed anything. I would have to say though, this issue did a great recap of kind of what we missed when we stopped reading. Well, what we did we now. miss? Because I don't. I mean, well, they I traveled know. around the world. A couple teams. They had some different stuff going on. Yeah, there's Moses we, Magnum. Yeah, we knew. Yeah, I had an idea what happened with Moses Magnum. Uh, I think they fought Alpha Flight in here at some point. We missed that. But clearly, it had no bearing on the major storyline. <laughs> well, in all seriousness, and I'm not even joking, as I was reading it, and they had that little Magneto piece, and I was like, oh, man, did they fight Magneto again? Since it was like, oh, no, he's still nursing his wounds from... 15 issues ago or whatever, you know? He so, did take a whooping, though. He took he, a whooping. Boy, he got he got pounded on his dome by Colossus. He got cut by Wolverine. I mean, this guy, he, yeah, he took a stomping. But anyway, that was my what, though. Like, how are we not, like, they're just now figuring out that each other's not dead? And Prof X doesn't even know. Prof X is up chasing around little, what was her name? Lalandra and his, mm, his little... Hover chair, you know, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> and she's like, Leave me alone, man. I got like I got work to do. Yeah. He's like, Come on, baby. I came Run to the, the universe here. Came all the way out here to Senti Alpha 9 to, you know, to, to get get a little interstellar action. I joined the five million light year club, man. Come on, <laughs> and, Professor and then, Lex. <laughs> and, and then he was he was at the door and he just I just want to kiss you all. You all then some little Asian lady came out. I was like, what is an Asian lady doing on a different planet? <laughs> I made your breakfast. Come on, baby. Let's put the X in sex. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there you go, Pat. Just, just, just snip it all out. I didn't cut Cutting room floor, baby. Delvin, high, lower, with the? Well, we haven't even talked about who the heck ambushed Jean. Jean was feeling herself, and she's all like, I can... I can change my clothes by turning into a whirlwind and I can walk out in the cold and manipulate the molecules around me so I'm still warm. I'm Gene. I am powerful. I am strong. Ah! 
<laughs> who ambushed her? Somebody, somebody got the jump on Gene. I know who ambushed her. And somebody got the jump on Lorna Dane, too. I know and, who and is this mutant X guy? Hold on, hold on, wait, wait. Let's, 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 it's called build up, Pat. It's called oh, build up. Okay. Because, like, they've been separate all this time, right? And for some reason, you now got all the X Men united and they're all about to fly to Muir Island to combat whoever the heck ambushed Gene. And Professor X is coming from off planet back to Muir Island. All of them are converging on Muir Island to fight this thing. So whoever this person is, it's a big bad guy. It's got to be because there are going to be a lot of mutants there that's going to have to fight whoever this guy or gal is. It is a big bad guy. That's the buildup. Stegron's back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, who's back? Stegron's back. Tell your friends. Now we let him get through that. Yeah, uh, it was worth it. It was worth it. It was. It was. I'm not saying it wasn't. <laughs> don't, don't get it. Don't get it twisted. It I was shocked it. that you let me get that far. I really was. And you know me. If you let there's me go, good, with it, I'm gonna go know, with it. There's Jason bits, and then there's good Jason bits. So <laughs> then there's the bits that end up on the cut. Sometimes you got to eat that Jason filler <laughs> to get to the good stuff. <laughs> Oh, well, let's go ahead and find out Jared. Man, I'm going to lay down some more highs. Okay, cool. I'm going to do rapid fire series. I'm going to pull a Pat here. Just, gonna, okay. just go. All right, you already mentioned it, Pat. Mutant X, who is it? We asked that question like 12 issues ago. Remember that? Mm-hmm. When we were on, I think, yeah, we were on the floor, and there was like a Hannibal Lecter-style place where they were kept in a cage, like Mutant X. I'm like, eh. So definitely interested. I just love the moment where... The Beast and Scott are reunited like you're alive. I was so happy and joyful, and that was really wonderful. Uh, I think Nightcrawler might be a moron. Oh, it's a ghost in the house. Like, come on, Nightcrawler. Dude, really. But anyways, I'm going to end it on one more high, and this is going to be very specific. Okay? Last page of the story, just as a comic book maker myself, with, you know, my, my crappy little independent titles, though, I love the panel layout when they're on the phone between Lorna Dane and colossus mm-hmm. notice how the panel break is in the shape of an electricity bolt to show that they're electronically connected yep. via the phone yeah that is some clever panel layout and that's some comic book craft that i 100 percent respect and i will stop talking no i totally agree with that one those are those little things that just that attention to the detail when they do that is just awesome you can tell that they're Mm-hmm. really enjoying their craft. Yeah. John Byrne was like, oh, I got to me a plan on how to connect these two panels. It's cooler than you would think. And he was right. I was like, that is hella clever. Well done, John mm-hmm. Byrne. Back to you, Pat. My what the is, I want to know more about the Hellfire Club and who this guy is. I don't think we've had, at least in our reading of this, we have not gotten to the Hellfire Club. And I know some of it, but I don't know all of it, all the whole story of it. So, is this like the beginning of this coming through or has a Hellfire Club been prior? Maybe those with more X-Men knowledge could tell me. I don't think so. Okay. Jason? I'm racking my brain, but I can't think of them making an appearance before before this. Ahead, nothing, nothing coming to mind. Nope. Cool. 
then, then we're seeing something kind of unfold here, and I, I'm kind of excited for that. I'm going to verify that. I just looked it up. The Hellfire Club's first appearance is in about four issues from now. Okay. So I'd like to build up that's happening here. I've heard, Like I said, I've heard of the Hellfire Club, but kind of know a little bit. But I really like to see the origin and how it started. And really when he was kind of talking about turning Jean into the, the Black Queen, right, for this, I'm like, well, isn't Emma Frost the White Queen, right? Yes. From Hellfire There's, Club. That was a, that's the thing that was always confusing to me about the Hellfire Club. There's a black side and then there's a white side. Okay. So, yeah, I didn't know that. So, that's where I'm like. And, Yeah. Like, you know, later on, a few years later, they work together in perfect harmony. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> Just forget I said. If it makes you feel any better <laughs> when he talked side. about... Stop it, Pat. If it makes you feel any better when he talked about the Black Queen, I almost said, Tina Turner? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to turn like, her into Tina Turner? Like, Storm's already in the book. We got our Black Queen, baby. <laughs> this, we don't this need Nichols? I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what was really bad is when he said that when he made the joke about they work together in perfect harmony, I was like, what issue was that? <laughs> well, you got I, was like, oh, man, I, got I duped them. I duped them. All right. Well, does anybody have anything else before we go into who went the extra mile? As a matter of fact, I do, Pat. What? What? Because <laughs> I'm you go from at- not reading one. To just oh, no, loving just this one nonstop. I, again, I'm looking at Comic Craft on that same last page, and it just it just struck me that John Byrne clearly hated his inker because look at the detail he put into that sweater, that <laughs> unnecessary detail in oh, Lord of yes. Dane's sweater. <laughs> if I was his inker, I'd be like, "Oh, you could piss up a rope. That's going to be one solid colored sweater." <laughs> That's just stupid. I'm sorry, I got hung up on Comic Craft again. You can cut that out if you want that. Yeah, that is some. Really detailed sweater on there. Yeah. I'm going to put a couple ropes on it. It's going to have this lacy line. <laughs> if I'm Terry Austin, I'm like, oh, piss off, John. It's green. <laughs> it's a turtleneck. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I would have redrawn it and everything. I'd been like, erase, 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 turtleneck. <laughs> Better like next time, John. <laughs> oh, I, I get, you know what? I, I almost hope the listeners choose X-Men again next time because uh, I've peeked ahead and that cover is baller. <laughs> Just so you guys know. I haven't looked Jared, at it yet, so I, I haven't looked. Have you been body snatched? <laughs> yeah, I know. What's going on? Well, well what's going on? We got Delvin not being Delvin. Well, with, I want to be know, clear. Not doing if synopsis we, fully. If and we, we got can't you. have Daffy Duck, oh, then... Okay. all right well if nobody has anything else let's go ahead and get into who went the extra mile for this issue and we'll start with you jared oh gosh um was not prepared it's like my first time i've ever been on the show my 52 of these now uh yeah (laughs) it's embarrassing 51 hmm you know what there's no real standouts to me in the whole thing so I guess my extra mile will just be completely unoriginal and give it back to Cyclops. You know, he's running things. He's getting things done. He's training the team. Uh, he's reunited with the Beast. He's taking some action to get over to Muir Island. So, you know, my boy Cyclops. I give it to him a lot. I'm a homer for Cyclops, and I'm not sorry. I pass it to Jason. To me, there's no question. The The one that goes the extra mile is Lorna Polaris, because she's the one that made the decision to pick up that phone. 
her picking up that phone is going to be the difference between life and death between mm-hmm. this issue and the next one. So Polaris gets my extra mile. Delvin. Ooh, I like that. Some ominous, ominous portent going on there. Ooh. That's kind of my re-read. new angle. Just a reread. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Phoenix. They wanted her spotlighted for a very good reason. I'm interested to see what goes on and how uh, young Jean Grey continues to grow and develop because very clearly they got some stuff brewing with her. I'm interested in seeing the, uh, what that is and how it develops. What about you, Pat? I'm going to agree with you on the Phoenix as well, too. I thought Jean stood out in this issue, just the transformation she has gone through. And just she got that attitude bump up on this one, I thought. She's just, yep, bump up. And not only with a couple different other characters recognized it in her. And she was, you know, when she's walking to the lab with that spring in her step she's got and the other. And the two guys are like, whoa, something's not right with her. I thought that was a really cool moment. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with the extra mile out of the way, let's go ahead and rate this issue. And as a reminder, it's a one through five rating. Five as you loved it. It gave you a ring to swing on. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It turned you into a baby. Mm-hmm. Jared, one through five. Ooh, I'm high on this issue, boys. Musical Genius Joe November is here. We give it a 4.5. We all know that's illegal. Mm-hmm. Only for uh, Joe. I'm going to go with a four and really uh, hope if we pick up another X-Men next time, uh, it'll be a five because I'm telling you right now that covers a five. Uh, but, uh, I peeked ahead. I peeked ahead. The app showed me when you finish it, it pops up yeah. the cover of the next one. So anyway, I'm giving it a four. Delvin. I talked myself into the four. I was feeling a three coming into it. And I see that there are just a lot of very good groundwork laid ahead and not just about, well, not just about Phoenix, but, you know, there's something going on on Muir Island. And Mm -hmm. we all know they've hinted. We've read other stories where the mutant X and door was like, "Okay, yeah, don't open this door. Bad news. Let's not mess with that. And all of a sudden, Mora went to check and was like, "Uh uh-oh. So, Yeah. Some big stuff's going on, and I'm interested in it. It's a four. Jason? Jason? Yeah, you guys are absolutely right. Mutant X is on the loose, and whoever Mutant X is, it's got the power to make the Phoenix scream in terror, and that should make us all very, very nervous. I know the next issue is a seminal issue, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping the listeners, let us read this one. So that's going to land me on a four as well. I am excited. I can't wait. I hope we get to read it. Pat. Well, boys, just like Myra did on Mutant X's door, she opened a door. Mm. It's time to get on the floor. We all break this up for. Boom, boom, boom. It's a four. It's a four, but in a good way. Yes. Mm. I figured it out, by the way. I've got it. I figured out who Mutant X is. Boris in FN Corpse. I forgot what middle names I gave him. Maurice Feldman Corpse. Is that right? Yes, I believe so. Maurice right, Feldman. Yeah. Yes. It could be. That could be. <laughs> oh, that would be so awesome. <laughs> ah, it's Boris Corpse. Oh, no. 
Oh, fun, fun, fun. So, yeah, I definitely can't wait to read the next issue. So I hopefully we'll see what the Crusader Club members choose. But if you can pick the next X-Men one, please, wink, wink. I want that Daffy Duck, son. <laughs> I'm just really excited that Jared, you know, to see you turn like this. So, hey, next you, one. Yeah, you give that's you a cool. good story cool. with some dangling threads, with some kick butt art. I mean, yeah. it's going now. It's going. Yeah. I still think it's funny that we missed like three or four issues and I don't feel like I missed anything. <laughs> That's got to be the biggest Claremontism of this episode. But hey, whatever. I'm down with it. I'm rolling. Yeah, yeah we missed some good ones. We missed some good ones. <laughs> Fairly inconsequential. Yeah, yeah maybe. Know. No, I mean, they're not inconsequential because they're all consequential to different characters. That's true because yeah. we did get that one in Japan where it was like Mariko's first appearance, I think. Oh, so yes. that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. You never know. We may get back to them sometime. And I'd love to know more about Moses Magnum P.I. and when he moves to the island and and gets the Ferrari. (laughs) 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 Finish it. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or a question? Send us an email at contact at lawboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. We will be right back. My name is Jesse, a Trekkie. A radiation wave hit and I got shot through a wormhole. And now I'm on some distant corner of the galaxy on a podcast, an index show about a strange science fiction series. Help me, please. Is there anybody out there who can hear me? I'm co-hosting with an insane Farscape fan. I'm doing everything I can. I'm just looking for a way home. What the Frell, a Farscape podcast. Available only on the Council of Geeks podcast network. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusaders Comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. Oh, yeah. (laughs) These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy early access to special long box episodes, voting to determine show content like we did here tonight. You guys picked the X-Men. We do all kinds of cool stuff. You want to get in on this? You should. But let's give a nod to the people who are already in. And Helica Wolf. Oliver and Elvis. Bill Beer. Wow. Blessed Interstashit. Brad Morin. Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robeson. Dave Collins. Gerald Green. Greg Van Leuven. Kathleen Bright. Mighty Mark Hatherley. Jeremy L. Jim, don't squeeze the Jarman. I still like we jumping, we jumping, we jumping. <laughs> we hope you like Jarman too. Everybody can, everybody, everybody can have their own different versions. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Joe Thomas. John Watson. John and Maggie. Jose Poyo. Joshua Strickland. Maxwell Traber. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Timmy! Tim Price, come on down. And Toronto Cop. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Just remember, we record these well in advance for release. So if you're a recent edition, we'll add you soon. But no worries, you can let us know we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we'll fix it. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by going to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade for as little as one 
dollar a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of Crusaders Club. Unless you're Jason, come check it out. If you don't have any extra scratch laying around, but you want to help us out here at LBC headquarters, you can take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast, or you can help Pat decorate at Crusademus. I recommend iTunes route. Just give us hey, a ooh. what? What? I, I, okay, yeah, I'll take the iTunes. I'll All take right, the iTunes. just give, give us a rating and a review on iTunes. We'll be happy to read it on an upcoming show. And speaking of good feedback, let's get into our social media likes, shares, and retweets from episode forty-nine, where we were back in March nineteen seventy-nine, talking about Amazing Spider-Man one ninety-three and Star Wars number twenty. Four and uh, Delvin, go ahead. Aguiar Silva, and we keep leaving our wallet with El Sagano. We got to get it, got to get it. I'm Hill Seppi Santos and Alaka Fetty Wolf. Anthony Harris, Bill Schmidt, Blair Ching, CB Dave, Chad McFarland, Chris Leiden, Chris at BTO and Bedford. Nice. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Sexy. Go. Mix it up. Clinton, keep your ass in the basement, Robinson. <laughs> Coffee and comics. Danilo Dule. Darren Sutherland. Derek William Crab dipped in butter. Mmm, delicious. Wow. Fan- <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fan film Fridays. Foster H. Coker. The third classy. Still think that's an Alabama fan. <laughs> Francesco Venegoli. Gene Hendricks. Jerry Green. Green Lantern HG. Al Jordan. Hicks. That's it? Just Hicks? Hicks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hokoff. <laughs> Close enough. Ivan Chudley. James Charles Huntley. Jeremy Spaulding. We do love the balls that he makes. I fell apart. <laughs> John D. Knoll. John Douglas Chitty. Chitty. Bang, bang. bang, there bang. We, <laughs> we were all thinking it. We love you. <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> John Osberg. Jonathan Schaefer Hames made peace with what he did. J.T. Lynch. Kirk Avardi. Lorenzo Sleestack. <laughs> That's the monsters from Land of the Land, Land of the Lost. Lost. That's yes. what it was. Yeah. Anyway. With Chaka. That's right. <laughs> You're Chaka. <an> asshole. <laughs> anyway. Manuel Kenyette Mendoza. Matt Large. Max Reads Comics. Max Traver. Michael K. Norvell. Patrick Coyle. Paul Biddybub. Or Paul from Back to the Bins. Nope, it's Biddybub. Biddybub. Philip Packer. Rad Adventures. Relatively geeky. Rick Babcock. Not to be mistaken for Doc Cock. Rick Heineken. Rolando Diaz. The lovely Ruth Sutherland. Secret Wars and Beyond podcast with Sean. Serena Krasik. The Hammer Strikes. And geeky stuff and voiceover work and, and, and the guy in the garage. Tim Price. Come on down. Trekker Talk. Troy Mitch Thacker. Hmm. Right, right, exactly, right. Hmm. What am I missing? Not happy. You know what? Somebody give me a beat. 
ain't no Jeffries like a Bernard. Jeffries because the Bernard. Jeffries don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Wicked, 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 wicked. That's right. That could have been your beat. People who didn't share, like, or retweet. Ridiculous. Way out of line. I got a good mind to go to the warden about this. You know what hurts most? Lack of respect. The other thing actually hurt more than that. But the lack of respect hurt the second most. (laughs) Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. And last, but certainly not least, Willie Wilson. Ain't no Willies like the Willie Wilson. (laughs) Don't stop, don't stop. Isn't oh, uh, Willie Wilson was the mayor of Back to the Future? Because Goldie Wilson. Oh, Goldie Wilson. Okay. Mayor. Yeah. Like the sound of sound that. Of that. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody who likes, shared, and retweets. Let's get into our commenters. Oh, there's a fair amount of comments to pick from. Which one's Delvin going to pick? Who knows? Well, let's start from the top with Coffee and Comics. He says, for the record, I call what Yardsell Artist was throwing out in his Star Wars description. I almost didn't, but about halfway through, it clicked. Good one, Jared. Good one. You remember nice. what you said, Jared? That was the one where I did the the cover description, and it was all Alec Guinness movie references. It was yes. a tough one. So that is mad props for him to get that one. I will take the next one down the line, and it is from Hicks. And Hicks says, Your irrevocable compromise the integrity of the reading rainbow. I will subscribe no more. Good day, sir. Whoa, whoa. He said good day. Guess that's it. That's it for Hicks, the famous influencer. Shouldn't he have said good day? Good point. Good day. day. Or or good point. (laughs) (laughs) Up is down, down is up. So I'm sure he'll be right back. I hope so. I hope so. We need him. We need his jolly beard Mm -hmm. in these parts. Oh, yes. Well, I'll just keep this rolling with a comment here from Tim Price, the podcrasher. He said that... uh, he heard some supervillain plotting against one of the Crusaders. He's not sure which one, but his name was Taco Bell, if that helps. Feels aimed at me. I was going to say, I think it could be aimed at any one of us. <laughs> not Delvin. <laughs> not me. I'm out well, of Taco Bell. Well, unless it's no a villain who wants to fight the person who doesn't like him, then it would be Delvin mm. fighting the Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm, all right. I'm going to pick one up from, I think this is first time commenter Green Lantern HG. Uh-huh. He says, great episode, guys. And hey, what an awesome guest. But if someone can explain to me this, did Peter let himself get punched by Ned? I remember reading this as a kid and I had the same question. He could have easily ducked without exposing his powers. So why? Yep. Yep. Ned definitely punched Peter in the face and Spider-Sense didn't help him. Gotcha. So yep. You know, maybe he took the hit to cover the, uh, that's the no prize answer, took the hit to cover the secret identity, or more likely it's just, you know, the spider sense in these books works when the writers want it to work. (laughs) You know what? We might as well finish it out. We got three more. Go ahead, though. Well, you know the one I'm going to pick, because I'm a homer for my mom, and also Angelica Fetty Wolf, who's an awesome person. She says, one of the best intros ever, bringing in the class with the dame. Yeah, we've done that before. I think it was on, did we use that for, on a Majesty Secret podcast or did we use that? No, we used it on another Crusader Chronicles about a yeah. year ago, right? On yep. Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. It comes I around that. I thought, in the rotation. Yeah. Yep. yep. I thought it was awesome and lovely then. And I still think it's awesome and lovely. And I absolutely am a homer and I'm not ashamed to say it. If anybody listening right now wants to do a front bumper for us, go ahead and do it and send it in. We'd love to have them. Absolutely. I'll put a cool little music track with it like I did for the Dame. And yeah, yeah. you know, hey, I'm so-and-so and and you're listening to the Longbox Crusade Network. It's really all you got to do. We'll make it happen. Everybody loves the Dame. So anyways, thanks to everyone for the follows, likes, shares, comments. We appreciate your friendship and helping spread the word 
about our podcast, Pat, bring it home. And that's going to be the show. Be sure to check out the website, longboxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com, where the posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank Jared, Jason, and Devin for joining me on this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Delvin. I am on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y one nine seven seven. Jason, where are you? You can find me on Twitter at, as Weasel Skull or as Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Jared. I am at Yard Sale Artist. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. I'm at your local Wendy's. Pat. And you can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. And I'm glad you asked, Jared. Pat, very quickly. Yes. Wendy's nuts. Good Wendy's point. Nuts. Good point. Yes. I like the nuggets instead. Yeah. <laughs> Regular or spicy? Oh, spicy. Have you had deep fried nuts? No I have not. I have not. I will need to try Wendy's nuts. <laughs> Wendy's <Anything>. nuts. Wendy's <laughs> <laughs> Put Wendy's nuts in your mouth. <laughs> and they'll melt like butter. Oh my goodness! We got the sauce dripping down my mouth right now. I, I just, I, I did anyway, that. I, I did that to us. Did you? That was all you. I'm so tired. I got to get to bed. Pat these nuts. Look, it's a bit, <laughs> and I'm a professional. That's right. You don't just leave it. He's a professional. He's hanging out yeah. there and not saying. No, anything. no. I mean, I mean, and then someone would have heard it, and they would have been like, "Is this the long box crusade?" <laughs> I mean, there was obviously a D's nuts joke. It has to be said. You can hang a curveball right there, and somebody that <laughs> right. I mean, you know, I saw it. I'm you just can't dangle play. that out there, right? You you can't you can't dangle these nuts out there, like because you know because I'll knock these nuts out the park. Okay, I'm done. I, I got all you three to crack up. I feel good. I did one good thing today. It's the do 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 that really pushed me over the top. <laughs> That's what like. The timing of it all. Like these nuts on the park. Do 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 do. Calm down. Ooh. All right, here we go. Okay, here we go. Almost done. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered to win on some free stuff on our live rifles, join us on our next episode of Doing It Live Stream on YouTube the second Sunday of every month at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Check out the Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you will know when we go live with a reminder notification. And we've reached 100, boys. Woohoo! awesome that is awesome also we have a new site too you can get some lbc merch if you want some cool t-shirts with the logos and yet can be found at t public slash longbox crusade so go and check that out get yourself a shirt and support the show my action film face-off shirt just came in the mail today Cool. I've got a Saturday matinee theater shirt, and I'm awaiting my action film face-off shirt. Sweet. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. You got a comment or a question? Email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care, and please join us on the next episode 
as we continue on the crusade to Intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Hmm. Got mom and dad coming on uh, Friday. Cheap bastard. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> you know our dad listens to this show oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i'm sorry dad i was just i was just playing you know how uh, I, I talked to our parents today and my mom was like name. i need to start listening too i need to i was like i, I don't know if you do <laughs> there's this ongoing sky striker bit that you may uh, take personally i don't know if mom's ready for mary jane uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Ain't nobody ready for Mary Jane, baby. <laughs> ready or not, here I come. <laughs> Fire. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man, she makes the Christmas party, though. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> this, I was like, it occurred to me that I have a, tr- a truly, like, vivid mental image of what the Longbox Crusade Studios looks like at Christmas time. I know. I and it occurred too, to me, man. I'm like, this is not a real thing. <laughs> like, I have this mental image of what it looks like. Yeah, somebody take that trash out. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have a truly mental image of what it looks like. And I was like, wait a minute, it's not even real. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Because mine, there's like a couch, and then you've got like two side-by-side love seats. Exactly. Wing it, and then there's, you know, the fireplace is there. The tree's off to the right of the fireplace. Yep. You know, and then... Little uh, stockings hanging from the mm -hmm, the Back behind us is the hallway leading down to... Fully decorated, yep. Sean's older. I'm not sure who's decorating it, but... I, I think it's Pat. I mean, I know I ain't doing it. That's what <laughs> I think it's MJ as we sneak, as we are sleeping. She's still up putting oh, on a little. Deck the tree with lots of molly. <laughs> I, I don't think that's how the song goes, Mary Jane. <laughs> oh, no. I heard it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that explains why Santa's reindeer doing loop-de-loops around the house. <laughs> now above the fireplace, we have a, a nice picture of sean up there mm-hmm. you know yeah. one of those painted oh, yeah. ones you know yeah. elegant ones of him just kind of standing there and a little like a scotch in his hand yeah wearing yeah. his kilt like <laughs> i was gonna say no pants but yeah, <laughs> kilt. well you can't tell yeah so, you know he's like going like this hey <laughs> the artist has signed the portrait at the bottom and he's written under it what was it before he changed <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
<laughs> he could be the ghost of Christmas past when he comes. <laughs> oh, we could have the ghost of Christmas Pat. His job is just to show up and harass Pat. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of Christmas Pat. <laughs> we're, we're, we're. Who's decorating all by himself? <laughs> I locked the doors. What's happening? Fifty two. You'll be visited by three spirits. Jamison, <laughs> Captain Morgan, and Bombay Sapphire. Ooh. You're going to give those three spirits to me. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's good to see you, Ghost of Christmas, Pat. <laughs> All right. Moving right along here with some elasticity. Alacrity. Oh, yes. Elasticity, elasticity. I don't know what you're singing there. You lost me. What are you singing, Jason? Electricity, electricity. From the electric company? No, no, no. Jared, oh, can somebody help him out? It's been a long time since I watched Electric, electric Company. No. It's Electric Company. Why am I saying in the dark? Am I even, no. no, that wasn't Electric Company. That was um, Schoolhouse Rock. Oh, see, that was one of the there Schoolhouse Rock ones. Yeah, Get your yeah. bit right, Jason. Uh, did my walking off the show bit make anybody laugh? <laughs> we, we, we use it. We used it. Okay. Yeah. Turning off the lights was a nice touch, definitely. Yeah. I was yeah. like, no. <laughs> Tired, of the Tired of the sh. Sorry. I actually went down a drink. <laughs> Jared, hi, low or what the? Boris, motherfucking corpse, man. <laughs> corpse in the house. I'll give you one that you don't have to. Boris, fucking corpse, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And that's why we put the disclaimer on truck, folks, for Jason. Now I'll give you a clean one. Woo! One day. Here with some electricity. You're doing it on purpose now. <laughs> no, I just can't say it. Alacrity. Got to break it down into syllables. Now it's time for the breakdown. Never gonna get it, never gonna get it, never gonna get it, never gonna get it. Never gonna get it, 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 never gonna <laughs> Insert <laughs> here. Snip it all out. <laughs> cutting room floor, baby. Cut, cut, cutting room floor. Yay, <laughs> yay. <laughs> cut, cut, cut. The Nello Dulady. What? <laughs> the Nello Dulay. The Nello Dulay, okay. Part of me wishes we got every bad pronunciation name from Pat, and we could do a whole list of them, and it's all, it's all bad, bad pronunciation. Oh, just the bad pronunciation. Yeah, just, it's all Pat bad pronouncing names. It'd be awesome. I would have read it like, Woo, Foster H. Coker the Third. Like, okay, never mind. Cut that all out. <laughs> oh, I will. Uh, oh, you I, should. I, I know. Yeah, I, I like the song. Step by step. Heart to heart, left, right, left. Oh, no, I don't get the reference, but I like that song. Too. It's, it's, it's Martika. Martika. Oh, okay. It sounded like the name, kind of. 
I was going for a joke. <laughs> well, that's, stop it. <laughs> well, <laughs> can I get a laugh? I'm not reading the next name until I get a laugh. Oh, yes, you are. Because next up is Patrick Boyle. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> So the joke was going, going, going. There's jeans and they're in a gray. Area. Yeah, yeah, we get it. We get it. <laughs> we, we, and we her still name is Jean, Jean Gray. Boy. Yeah, yeah, yes, yep. yes. Understood. Need, oh, need, you were need, playing need. off the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back, back I just finally got it. Now. <laughs> I'm we like, made why it. Jeans are blue. Oh, oh. oh. I feel like because they're so sad. <laughs> Better shut that ice up. <laughs> we run a professional show around here, Pat. That's right. Yep. You gotta rub me the right. Come, come, come on in, let me out.